Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, Puma. What's up, brother, man? What's up, man? I'm doing good. You know, it's uh, great to have football back in our lives. Uh, you know, the 1 p.m. slate was a bit choppy and sloppy. Uh, the 4 o'clock slate was saved by the Dolphins-Chargers game, and I mean, I know you and I had a had a fun time with that Cowboys Giants game at your brother's mm-hmm. expense, but I mean, yes, a lot of good games, a lot of decent matchups coming up on this slate. And uh, I mean, Jay, it's Week One, and we already got oh. storylines. Like, what Ooh. what a time to be alive! The NFL is king, bro. The NFL is so king. You know this. I know this. Mm-hmm. Week One came and went. We enjoyed all the games. You know, we hung out for eleven hours on Sunday. We watched a lot of football. It was good times. Um, shout out to Tara for making some amazing, you know, snacks for us. That was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, I'm super excited. Super excited about this podcast. And, um, you know, all of us can talk about how we were excited to sit down and watch the New York Jets taking on the uh, Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football, right? And we all sat down before anything even really happened. Aaron Rodgers takes an errant snap. Well, actually, he you know, he takes a snap, he drops back, um, and a, a defender comes down on him, and he's trying to pivot and get out of that tackle, and all of a sudden, he pops his Achilles, right? Uh, initially, you saw him get right back up, but then he had this look of, like, despair on his face. He sat back down, went to the sideline, went to the blue medical tent, and at that moment, when he's walking off and he can't put any pressure on his leg, that's when I knew it was serious. That's when I was like, all right, this is not this is not good right now. And eventually when they got the card out for him with the blue medical tent, that's when I knew the Achilles was gone. I mean, a lot of times people mean you had this conversation that you thought it was going to be the um, the ankle. But just the way that he pushed off of it, I just had a nagging feeling it was going to be his Achilles, especially with the fact that in the offseason, his calf went out. Um, in training camp, there's a big storyline about how, you know, he, he, didn't, he strained his calf. And we now know that, you know, whether it's Kevin Durant, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, uh, those calf strains can lead to Achilles injuries. So, Puma, you know, what was initially your thoughts when you saw that happen? How, how did you feel? I know me personally, I was just sad. I was sad for the Jets fans. I was sad for Aaron Rodgers. I'm a Patriots, my, I'm a Patriots fan myself, so obviously we hate the Jets, but I never wanted to go out like that. I wanted to beat Aaron Rodgers, man up, 100% healthy. It's not what I wanted for those guys, and I'm, and I'm sad for everybody involved. Yeah, no, I mean, same here. I mean, Dolphins fan here, you know, like you said, I, I wanted to face the Jets two times this year, you know, a peak capacity with Aaron Rodgers uh, under the helm. But, you know, when when we saw when we saw like that whole series play out, all, all four plays, you know, out of the four snaps, like three of them, he was under pressure the whole time. The only one he wasn't under pressure was the, the run play by Brees Hall. And this was the thing too, Jay, is like we've talked about this almost all offseason of how brutal – this offensive line was. And we specifically said it in the game preview last week that even though, you know, there's no Vaughn Miller, like that offensive line is still a massive liability for the New York Jets. Um, did I kind of call there being a missed block in the offseason being like the yeah. root of the all evil? Yes. Did I have it but on it my bingo card that was going to be four plays into the season? Absolutely not. Um, and it was kind of interesting because, you know, you heard reports come out later on today about how, 
A-Rod wasn't a fan of like the chop block scheme that the that the uh, that the Jets were trying to run because he likes to, you know, have, you know, kind of drawn out plays so he can improvise in the back. Uh, but with the chop block stuff, you know, it kind of requires like quick slants and quick thinking type of place type of deal. Um, so I, I heard that on the fan today and I couldn't really believe it. But like just like UJ, like it just it sucks. I feel bad yeah. for Jets fans because that was probably the most raucous I've seen MetLife Stadium be. I know. Quite frankly, you know, ever in my at least in my lifetime. Uh, so it, it just it sucks. You know, they they end up winning. Uh, but I mean, Talking. shocking. We're going to get to that in a minute. But like, you know, I don't have high hopes. And it leaves a lot of questions of, well, Zach Wilson is the guy by default. Uh, I mean, Salah looked like he had the 1,000-yard stare when they panned on yeah. him. But now, like, the question is, well, who's going to be the backup? Because there's no more Mike White. Like, are you going to call up Joe Flacco? Are you going to pull Matt Ryan out of the booth? Like, do you see if Philip Rivers has to, you know, really fund, like, the 12 kids that he has in his house now? Like, <laughs> there's so many questions. But ultimately, Jay – this offensive line is, a, regardless of who you drop back there at quarterback, this offensive line is absolutely brutal. So Lyle well, Collins just got released, so maybe they yeah. pick up the phone and see if they want want him to come to the Jets. Well, I mean, we saw I, – I know it was only four plays that it was uh, before he got hurt, but those three plays that he had, all three of them he had pressure. Like, mm-hmm. he he went back there, and I'm like, oh, crap, they're coming after him. And, you know, yes, I get the the Cowboys, uh, you know, defensive line. I'm sorry, the uh, the Bills defensive line is pretty good. But I just didn't expect them to look that bad. And we saw it. We saw how this looked in the in the preseason as well. So, you know, moving forward, I think I think it sucks even more for Jets fans today because they won that game last night. Like, if Aaron Rodgers went out and the Jets just fell apart, then, all right, pack the season and it is what it is. But the fact that you still were able to beat the Buffalo Bills, who, you know, even though they had a bad performance, we still believe is a top two or three you know or two or three team in the afc alone so you know that's that's the the, that's the shitty part for jets fans today is they gotta swallow that pill that hey you know we could have been something this year if aaron Rodgers didn't get hurt now moving it forward you know zach wilson you know he he's gonna have to take on a a vaunted you know cowboys uh defensive line in uh in sunday's matchup uh, the same defensive line that terrorized daniel jones and the new york giants in that same stadium just 24 hours prior to that i'm on that football game you know do you do you see zach wilson with a week of preparation with a game plan specifically tailored towards him because let's be real Monday football thrown into that spot it's not it's not the best chance of success for him like i get it there's a lot of issues with with zach wilson and who he is as a quarterback but that was an impossible monumental task to go into Monday football and execute try to execute a game plan that wasn't tailored for you and your skill set you feel me so you know this week's worth of practice do you by any chance foresee Maybe, you know, Zach Wilson can find turn that corner, or do you think it is what it is? The Jets are gonna have to muddy up these games and win with the running with the running attack. Yeah, they're gonna have to win with the, win with the running attack because you know, quite yeah. frankly, call it an over overreaction. Like I especially against Dallas this week, like I have zero faith in, in Zach Wilson finding any semblance of a, a passing attack through the air because it, you know, the offensive line is not going to give him enough time. We saw what this Dallas offensive line did with, you know, Andrew Thomas and uh, a first round draft pick and Neil. So like, 
you know, what are they going to do with, you know, Dwayne Brown that's just coming off of a shoulder injury and then Makai Becton that's like parentally hurt. And then Elijah Vera Tucker, which is the ultimate wild card of like, well, how well has that knee healed up? I mean, unless like Nathaniel Hackett is going to do like max protect every play and have two tight ends in there just to keep him from getting absolutely mauled and ragdolled by, you know, Micah Parsons, they're going to have to lean on the run game. So like, you know, the, the over under, you know, I live in the gambling world, hashtag Puma oh, yeah. bets, but Puma like, pro, you know, at 820 last night, the spread on this Dallas game on the look ahead was Dallas lane three and a half. And the over under was probably in the 45, 45 and a half range, depending on what book you were looking at. If you were to look right now, that is absolutely cratered. The total is 39, 39 and a half to 40. And the spread is now at some books, it's Dallas laying 10 points. So, I mean, if you're going to bet this game, like if you want to take the points with, with the Jets, like I don't blame you because I do think this defense for the Jets is going to give, you know, Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy a hard time. And quite frankly, we didn't see anything from this Dallas offense in that blowout and yeah. in that monsoon against the Giants on Sunday night football. So we don't really know what semblance of an offense we're going to see. Uh, you know, it's clearly we know it's going to be the Tony Pollard show. Uh, but, you know, they try to have a connection with their tight end Ferguson and he had stone hands and I understand it was raining. So like drops were going to happen. But I mean, that was kind of a, you know, a cupcake defense in the Giants compared to what they're facing with the Jets now. So, I mean, I'm taking the under in that game. It's one of my best bets. We'll get to that like later on in the show. I have Dallas winning this game, but I honestly think it's going to be close. Like, it's, I think it might yeah. be within 10 points just because I have no idea what we are going to see from this Dallas offense. Is it crazy that I think the Jets are going to win this week? Am I, am I absolutely losing my mind? Just because honestly, I don't think so. I yeah. don't think you are. And it, it gets to like the point too. Like there was a lot of sloppy football this week mm -hmm. because like, you know, week one is the extension of preseason. So you might see that week two, like anything can happen. I don't think it's too far of a bridge to cross for the jets to win. So like expand on that thought. I didn't mean to jump on you. Well, no, that's totally fine. I think, um, you know, the jets defensive line is one of the deepest in the NFL. They have 10 guys and come at you in waves, right? So always the, the Cowboys defensive line. They've got waves upon waves of people that can come at you. So when you have those strong defensive lines, it's going to be a rock fight. It's going to be a, hey, we're going to have to run the ball, play good defense. One or two big turnovers is going to cost us the game. So let's just keep it on the ground. And in that fight, I kind of like the, the Jets' backbone better than the, than the Cowboys' backbone. Like, if it's a shootout, if it's, say, CeeDee Lamb is running downfield, Dak's airing it out, you know, you're getting, you know, people wide open down the field, and it's like 45-42, then, yeah, obviously, Zach Wilson doesn't have the firepower to keep up with that. But if I if I think how it's going to play out and it's going to become a rock fight, a defensive stalemate, give me the Jets. Brees Hall was running so good for a guy coming off of ACL injury, 120 yards or whatever the number was. He looked like he was cutting. He was seeing the holes. He felt really good. And I think Dalvin Cook, you'll see him become stronger as the as the week goes on, as the year as the weeks go on. Dude, in, I, I'm feeling good about the Jets in this situation. I know, I know it's gonna be crazy. The storyline is gonna be insane. That you know, the two and zero now. They got the, the Patriots coming in, right? And maybe they might be able to pull up a win there. I'm not lying to you. I got a feeling that this team, like somehow this Aaron Rodgers thing is going to bring them closer together. And when you're, when you have a team that's like has their back against the wall and you have so much talent on the roster, good things can happen, man. Good things can happen.
Hey, any given Sunday. I mean, for yeah, sure. It's, it's and it's not a British. Honestly, Jay, like it comes down to like Mike McCarthy. I honestly yeah. think this game, this game is yeah. probably going to be like 20 to seven or like 17 to seven. I think it's going to be a tight contested game. Um, but I mean, dude, I, I have no faith in Mike McCarthy. So that's yeah. why like, I'm not touching a side. I am not laying nine and a half to 10 points with Dallas. Like if it honestly, Jay, if it gets to 10, 10 and a half, which it, it might, um, wow, I might be inclined digits. to, t- I might be inclined to take the jets just, just yeah. out of, you know, value and the number. Um, but I really want nothing to do with the side. So I'll take the under 40, but it, you know, if they win Jay, then you're, you're Jay Stradamus at this point. So. <laughs> is it a, is it Puma bets or is it J bets from here on out? It right? might be, it <laughs> might be renamed uh, J bets, you know, Puma bets brought yeah. to you by Chima Damas or something, you know? So, yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about the other side of this and we've got to hit on Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. And I don't know what's happening. I really don't. I mean, I'm a big Josh Allen fan. You know, I think uh, both of us want him to win, want him to succeed. But what we've seen out of Josh Allen the last year or so, um, it's it's kind of alarming. Now, what my sister brought up a good point in the group chat. When's the last time Josh Allen had a good game? Can you remember? Like, can you honestly remember and pinpoint a game where, like, yeah, that Josh Allen was an absolute beast? And for me... It wasn't a, it wasn't a, like a year and a half ago. It was that, you know, Kansas City Chiefs 13 second game playoffs in, in Arrowhead. That's the last time I truly remember Josh Allen have a spectacular game. You know, the turnovers are just insane. Like, I, I just don't understand what he's looking at. I, I don't know what his mental processing is at the moment. He he's not just like throwing bad interceptions, but he's taking careless, you know, shots with his body as well. Like there was this one play that like made me so damn mad. He tried to like hurdle somebody and try to get to the first down marker, but he was eight yards from being the, from the first yes. down marker. Yes, he like hurdle, like like what are you, Superman? Like what is this? So like, okay, this isn't a free plug. Like this yeah. moment drink that has yeah, like the good. adaptogens and shit in there. Yeah. Yeah. I was like sh- almost shotgunning these last night because Josh Allen and I am like the biggest Josh Allen homer. You don't yeah. believe me? Go back in the feed. Like, check out every Bills breakdown. He's I'm got a biggest, Josh Allen jersey. <laughs> I got the I got the Allen jersey. Like, I pointed my flag with this dude, and it was it was moronic. It was it was absolutely stupid on yeah. what this guy was trying to do. Like, trying to do the Elway run. He almost gets helicoptered five yards short of the first down. The first interception. He didn't even need to throw that ball. All he had to do was he could have walked to get the first down. And then yeah. the second one was brutal. The third one was, I I, I can't even. I don't get it. I don't get I don't it. Understand. I, I simply don't know what's going on with him. I don't, man. And, you know, call me crazy, but he, I got the sense from him that he didn't want to be on the field last night. Like his body language was just so damn bad. And I don't know what's happening in his personal life. I don't know if that's something to do with the, the breakup or whatever. I'm not even going to get into that part of it. But he is simply not playing good football. And I think the team is seeing that. There was a comment by the, there was a comment made by the by the center after the game, Mitch Morse, about how they've got to be able to, a you know, protect them better. The, you know, the the center did the whole like spiel of being politically correct, but then he threw in a word where, hey, we got to make sure Josh doesn't feel like he's gonna be a superhero back there. Like that in itself, it, it tells me that that team looks at Josh and be like, what are you doing, bro? Like, why why are you out there trying to win this by yourself? Like, right, but that's and, been the motto. That's been the credence for the last three years. No, it hasn't really, been this bad, though. It hasn't been this bad, though, To answer your question, man. though, about the, the yeah. last good game he had, it was week yeah. one last year against the Rams. Against Rams, yep. That that's was it. Time. But, I mean, time. 
last year, like that was the thing we kept hearing was like, he needs to top, stop taking the stupid hits. Like he needs to be smarter with the football year before that, like same deal. It, it is just, it is God awful. And now like the Jay, the excuses are out the window. Like mm-hmm. last year he had the, the free pass essentially because he, he might've needed Tommy John surgery yep. or whatever surgery Brock Purdy had that the, that the, the 49ers don't want to call Tommy John, but it is what it is. I mean, he almost needed that with his with his inner ligament on his elbow. But now it's like, you know, I, I put this out last night. This is almost like a like a terminally ill like patient, like a family member that's just going through like the slow, agonizing like end. Like this is kind of yeah. how it feels with the Bills ever since ever since Kansas City. 13 seconds in Kansas City, like yeah. this team has not been able to get like through that mental hump of yep. just trying to push through it. Like it's almost like 28 to three with the Falcons. Like, I don't know if this team needs like a, a sports psychologist of some sort to come in there to like, to, to, to try to figure out Josh Allen's like issues, but it's year two under a Ken Dorsey system. Like the bills, like they use Leslie Frazier as a scapegoat. Like, and Josh Allen is still like making bonehead plays. All they had to do was salt that game away. He yep. could have just ran the rest of the night and take and, and just slide or just hand it off to Damian Harris or, or, or James cook. But no, like he kept like trying to do the most asinine things with the football. And, you know, you see him make the, the, the interceptions, but then you see like the pitch play to Latavius Murray. And that's like, Oh, well, you know, he has talent. So like he can do that. So we'll just use that to talk ourselves into it. But like, dude, at some point, like, this is this is god awful. Like this was 2018 Josh, Josh Allen, Allen or, or yeah. like the rookie year. It was brutal. I didn't take into factor that maybe Brian Dayball leaving was going to affect him negatively because last year with Ken Dorsey, yeah, they had their ups and downs, but for the most part, they weren't as bad as they are now. Like, I think they were still a, a good enough offense where they we thought, you know, they'd be able to produce, and they did produce. But I think now I'm starting to realize you know, it wasn't so much that Brian Dayball and Ken Dorsey have different you know, play calling or different plays or whatever. I think it was Brian Dayball being able to rein Josh Allen in. I think there mm-hmm. was something to be said about how Brian Dayball coached Josh Allen that it made sure he that he saved him from himself. And I don't think Ken Dorsey is doing that right now. Yeah. No. I mean, right now, like this week, I mean, we're not doing a, a full-on game preview of it, but like they're going to be at home with the Raiders yep. coming to town. Yep. And even after last night's fiasco, they're an eight-and-a-half-point favorite at home That's against the Raiders. Take the Raiders. Do, do I think they're going to win? Yeah. Do I know that they're going to win? Absolutely nope. not. And from a betting perspective, after last night's fiasco, am I laying eight-and-a-half? With Josh Allen, like I know the Raiders' defense is brutal, and they really just kept everything short uh, when they were facing the Broncos and, and Russell Wilson last week. But like, do I think Josh Allen could air it out for 350 yards and two touchdowns and one on the ground? Sure. Do I yep. know he's not going to be like the reincarnation or the or a poor man's version of Nathan Peterman? Uh-uh. Yeah. Like, absolutely not. Yeah, pretty bad, man. Pretty bad stuff. And so I, I'll be real rank, with you. If you had to rank, like, coming out of last night, right? Yeah. Like, Aaron Rodgers clearly would have been probably in the top six of AFC quarterbacks. Like, yeah. if you had to rank him, like, what are you – like, where are you putting Josh Allen? Like, how many names Dude, do you his, say before Josh? 
his stock is falling for me. Like, I mean, I don't want to like overreact to one week, but I really do need to see him like have some some games, some weeks that he puts together the next four or five weeks where it's like, yo, you're like one of the better AFC quarterbacks. But I'm not gonna lie to you, like Trevor Lawrence is coming. Like, I mean, that kid knows how to play football in the biggest moments. His intangibles are off the charts. He can throw the football a country mile. Like he has it all. And, you know, for the most part, if I had to poll anybody before the football season started, everybody would be like, all right, you know, AFC would be somewhere along the lines of, you know, Patrick Mahomes and then Burrow and Josh Allen right there, right? At the moment, like, it's it's going to be Patrick Mahomes, Burrow, and then, like, I might slide Trevor Lawrence in number three at the moment, bro. Like, that's how badly I, I think of what Josh Allen is doing. So, you know, he's falling. He's definitely falling, in my opinion, bro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, call would it, you- like, a homer here, but, like, who would you have well, higher, like Tua or, or, or Josh? I mean, it's, it's still a little too early for all that. I mean, I think Tua is, is coming. He's spectacular. I mean, his odds went through the roof today for the MVP, and I get all that. But I think it's a little too early for me to like be like, hey, listen, like he's in the same league as, as Josh Allen, right? Maybe a couple more weeks, right? Let's say let's say the middle of the season and and Tua's just keeping on this MVP MVP pace and Josh is all over the spot, then yeah, sure. I'd be more than happy to to give him that. And I actually conceded to the fact to you this past weekend that we've got to start saying that Tua is better than just Justin Herbert, right? Mm-hmm. We've all thought that you know Justin Herbert was a better quarterback, he has the the athletic ability, blah, 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 blah. He's better than Tua. I mean, no, man. They played twice head-to-head, right? And both times into a win, right? And and I think both times, like, he just looks so much more in command of his offense than Justin Herbert does. And whatever he lacks in physical skill sets, he makes up for with the above-the-head, you know, shoulders and tangibles game that Tua plays the game with. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I have Josh Allen ahead still, but yeah. it's, not, it's not close. I mean, it's close. It's yeah. not like, you know, there's a country mile between Tua and – and Josh Allen right now in the AFC, in my opinion, but it just sucks. Like I finally, like I'm coming around. Like I, I can't ignore the facts anymore, Jay. Like he's mm-hmm. brutal. And brutal. and if this team's going to do anything, like I don't know if they need to come to Jesus talk, but something needs to happen in that. Well, I mean, what's going to happen? What, what is he going to stop? I, I truly believe part of his stellar play is that he has to take chances. He has mm-hmm. to take chances and play aggressive. The problem is, that will come back to bite you eventually. <laughs> you know oh yeah, saying? like I mean, he's, he's like he's 2023's version of Brett Favre. Yeah. But I mean, my God, I, I, you know, especially nowadays, like I don't know, I don't know how like you could just keep like keep doing this. And Josh Allen keeps saying after after the game, every press conference, he's like, "Oh, I need to stop making the stupid that shit decision." Well, then stop. If that you know off. what the problem is, just stop. My God, like my, I said it last yeah. night. I said it last night. If Stefan Diggs punched him in the head on the way back to his seat what on the airplane, he had it coming like absolutely. Yeah. And when, and when Stefan Diggs is like the one, like putting the air in the sails to have you psyched up for this drive to get you to overtime, like, yeah, it's pretty bad. Jesus, dude. Yeah. I, what made me so mad about those comments last night from Josh was, He's pretending like he didn't have a choice in this. Like he's pretending yes! like it's like, oh, oh, dude, you're the one throwing the football. Like it's on you. You understand that, right? So so dumb. So I dumb. I don't get it. The moment, right. the moment he pulled his best Mark Sanchez, and I swear to God, we're gonna move on to this. Yes, yes. This. The yes. moment he pulled the Mark Sanchez, I knew it was a wrap. Like mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. just it was a borrowed time. It was just one of those deals of, are we going to get five to the head, chest and bleed to death or one to the head? And we went to overtime. So we got five to the chest and bled to death last night. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
All right, we've <gasps> got the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs taking their asses down to Jacksonville in Florida to take on the Jaguars. Um, you know, good game, good early test for the Jaguars with the defending Super Bowl champs coming in. Uh, the Chiefs lost on opening night to the Lions. The Jaguars beat the Colts on opening uh, on uh, opening Sunday. And uh, Puma, who do you got to win this game, man? I'm going to go with Kansas City only because, Ooh. like, I know it, they're going on the road. They're going down to Duval. And it's, it's Florida. It's the face of the sun. It's like 200% humidity. But the fact of the matter is, is Kansas City is having Chris Jones back on that defensive line. That's going to be a huge, huge boost for that defense. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo is just going to, in my opinion, unlock this defense now and have uh, have Chris Jones get after it. And that was kind of one of the concerns, too, for Jacksonville was, like, the offensive line. And, like, they held up good last week against the, the Colts. I mean, he only got sacked two times. Uh, but, you know, I just have questions about the Jacksonville defense, too. And I know Kansas City, the, the thing is, all the wide receivers had stone hands. I don't think that's going to be a trend that's continuing this year. Uh, Andy Reid came out and essentially defended, you know, uh, Kadarius Tony. And, I mean, honestly, what else is a head coach supposed to do? But I think Mahomes is still going to be, you know, trying to get him the ball to get him out of this rut. And it might be a heavy, you know, Jarek McKinnon day. I mean, if you look back at stats last year, the uh, the Jaguars were one of the worst defenses at giving up receptions to the running back out of the backfield. So, you know, if he doesn't have faith in his wide receivers, it might just be feed the ball to Jarek McKinnon, just move the sticks and, and go from there. Travis Kelsey coming back like mm -hmm. that's the ultimate wild card because there's reports that they're draining a lot of blood out of that hyperextended knee. And really, some doctors are saying that based on the amount that Jay Glazer was reporting either on Sunday or the other day of how much was coming out of that knee for for the drainage, like there's probably a good chance he might not be suiting up for for week two. And that might reflect in the line because the line right now is Kansas City minus three. And I think the over under was like. 50 let me just check the notes real quick the over under is 51 to 51 and a half yeah but the line right now is kansas city minus three if travis kelsey's able to go like that line is probably going to be moving closer to seven in my opinion so if you like kansas city i would get them now um but i have kansas city winning this game i mean calvin really looked like a beast but i just i have more faith in, in kansas city at this point you heard it here first puma with or without Travis Kelsey, the Jacksonville Jaguars are winning this game, bro. The Jacksonville okay. Jaguars are winning this game. Only simply for the fact that I truly believe this is a we got to prove it to the league kind of game. Just like the Lions had it last week, right? I think the Jacksonville Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence and what they're building down there, I think this is the game that puts them on the map. This is letting everybody know they're legit contenders. And I say that because Calvin Ridley has give them a bona fide legit high-flying offense last year yeah there were you know some games are up some games are down but you can just see the difference that calvin ridley makes for for trevor lawrence and on top of that calvin ridley he looked explosive as hell like the way he was coming out of his breaks i was kind of surprised about that um you know short of tyree kill going crazy for 200 yards the best second best performance in my opinion from my receiver was from calvin ridley so you know, give me the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's going to be, like you said, 105 degrees down there. Like, that that Florida heat is legit, and if you don't practice and live in it, it's going to take an effect on you. I wouldn't be shocked if the Jacksonville Jaguars pounce on the Chiefs early, and if the Chiefs were to win, they would probably win with a late, like, fourth quarter comeback when, you know, everything has kind of, like, can settle down a little bit. But give me give me the Jacksonville Jaguars, Puma, the heat, Trevor Lawrence, them making a statement, all of it. On top of that, 
I truly do believe, just like you said, Kelsey is probably not going to play. I, I, I think, think so. there's he's not going to play. And if that's the case, then we've you know. Patrick Mahomes isn't Tom Brady in 06. So like Patrick, Patrick Mahomes doesn't like, you know, spread the ball around to 19 different receivers. He focuses on Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey when he was there, right? So give me the Jacksonville Jaguars, bro. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Could you imagine that? The Chiefs starting 0-2. Oh my God, dude. Oh. That would be that would be for me like best. I think Jay Chima <laughs> would need a cigarette. <laughs> It'd be Christmas come early for me, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. God, the, the only thing that would top it would be like Bill Belichick getting fired or something. But don't don't, don't, get, <laughs> don't get me started, bro. Don't don't get me started. You know that's like Christmas come early for me. Yeah. Speaking of Bill Belichick, your Miami Dolphins are traveling up to Foxborough take on my New England Patriots on Sunday Night Football. The Patriots are coming off of a valiant effort against the uh, the Eagles, but they lost twenty twenty five was the final score, and then your Dolphins went out to. Los Angeles and just shredded the Chargers defense. Like they just absolutely had their way with them. Like 460 yards from Tua, three touchdowns, unbelievable. Who do you got win this game, bro? Call it a homer, but I'm go- I'm gonna go with the Dolphins. I'm playing Homer. So I mean the whatever book you're looking at, the spread is Dolphins minus two, Dolphins minus two and a half. Uh over under is 46 and a half. Uh, I'm just I'm going with the Dolphins here. I mean, if you also look at history too. If I recall correctly, Tua has not lost a game to Bill Belichick yet. So he's been rather good in his young career in the NFL, despite all the uh, obstacles <clears throat> he uh, he has faced uh, during that time. Um, but, you know, there are concepts that Mike McDaniel is doing with Tyreek Hill that is just absolutely insane. I mean, Jay, you showed me the video. It's essentially like they have Tyreek Hill going in motion, getting a head start, and then he just he's just going like the like the Arena Football League. That second video I sent you, the first video I get, it was a wheel route, so you basically have him have a running start. But that wheel route was initiated after the snap. The second video, if you watch it again, I don't understand how they get away with Tyreek moving before the snap. Mm-hmm. That's something somebody has, somebody has to explain that to me. I don't know how that's possible. Well, we're going to find out this week on primetime. Yeah. I guarantee you they're going to get a flag and that'll, that'll not, that nonsense will stop. But... I mean, let's say, you know, Bill Belichick is going to take away a weapon for you, right? So, like, he's going to take away Tyreek Hill, but, I mean, that still leaves, you know, Jalen Waddell out there, and then Raheem Mostert still runs like the wind right now. And Devon A-Chain, if he's activated, he's got some – he can run uh, from what I've seen on, like, Texas A&M uh, highlight in his combine stuff. So, I mean, this is a track team. Uh, I know – the, the Pats, like, they really kept, like, the Eagles in check. And I was sweating that, you know, Eagles minus four with you uh, because you were on the other side. So that was a fun little time in the Silva house. Um, but, I mean, really, like, that defense kept the Eagles in check. Like, after the first quarter, like, the Eagles didn't do anything. It was all Jake Elliott and field goals. And Jalen Hurts looked like he didn't really want to be there after halftime. So, I mean, this defense is going to be – a real like benchmark for this offensive line. Like the offensive line did good last week, even without Teron Armstead against uh, the the chargers. Uh, He's still on the injury list. They haven't really given out like an official like practice report from what I saw. I mean, I, I think he's going to be questionable. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play this weekend, but that's just me, but Austin Jackson looked good. And I'm saying Austin Jackson, the human turnstile, out of USC, yep. uh, looked good last week. So I think there's a puncher's chance for this offensive line to give Tua enough time. Uh, I kind of expect a big Jalen Waddle day if they're going to be taking 
Tyreek Hill out of the matchup. So I am going to be a home right here, Puma, and I'm going to take the Patriots to win the football game. Now, with the caveat being, if the Patriots lose this game, I'm not picking them for the rest of the year. That's it. <laughs> That's it, all right? If, if they go down 0-2 and, you know, they don't beat the Dolphins, I'm out on them. I'm totally out. Because right now, I do have a little bit of hope. I, I do believe what we saw out of the Patriots against the Eagles was was fairly, you know, promising for us Patriots fans. You, you know, we held the defending NFC champions in check for the most part. We got down 16-0, but we still, you know, didn't crap our pants. We rallied back, and, you know, we essentially made it a game. And we would have won at the end if Keishon Booty didn't, you know, step out of bounds. But I do believe that, you know, Bill Belichick, I, I have very little faith in him as a head coach, but as a defensive coordinator, I do believe he'll be able to slow down that Miami offense. I, I find it I find it incomprehensible that he's going to allow Tua to go for 400 yards and three touchdowns or whatever it is, right? So he's going to go in there making sure he takes away Tyreek Hill, whatever he's got to do to take Tyreek Hill away, and, and that's when you say, hey, beat us any other way, and if you can, we'll be more than happy to shake your hand at the end of the game and say, good job, well done, you feel me? So, you know, give me Bill Belichick taking away Tyreek Hill, Give me Bill Belichick, and you know I was I was I was surprised that the uh, Mac Jones and the Bill O'Brien offense. You know it wasn't great. It wasn't you know obviously the Miami Dolphins offense, but for the most part it looked competent. It wasn't what it was last year. So you know if this is going to be a game that's going to be in that 27-24 range, I think I'm going to roll with the Patriots, bro. Like call call me crazy, but Pat's winning this, man. I don't think it's crazy either, especially if you look at the box score from last week with the Dolphins, at least on defense. I mean, they gave up like 230 yards on the ground. And we know Bill Belichick and the Pats love to run the football. So will this be like a big Zeke and big Ramondre Stevenson day? Possibly. Um, But it's definitely going to be close. I just I think the Dolphins just, you know, speed kills like this. This entire team is fast. So we're going to see especially with these new concepts that Mike McDaniel is rolling out there. Like I, I want to see how Bill is going to defend this. Yes, sir. It'd be a fun time starting tonight. Um, all right. Last game that we're going to preview the Baltimore <laughs> yeah, Ravens yeah, yeah. taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. The Ravens won in week one against the Houston Texans. Wasn't really a matchup truthfully. And then the Cincinnati Bengals lost to the Cleveland Browns in, uh, in Cleveland and in, in a monsoon rainstorm. But you know, both teams for the most part, Lackluster performances. Joe Burrow threw up 84 yards after getting a massive $275 million contract. Wasn't a good look for him. And the other side, the Ravens themselves, you know, they're going to let Lamar Cook and new offensive coordinator and blah, blah. For the most part, it still looked the same old Ravens offense to me without much exception. So who do you got win this game, bro? I think it's kind of funny that the spread on this game is more than what the Bengals scored in total points against Cleveland last week. The spread is Cleveland laying three and a half points. Like I'm, I'm taking Baltimore to win. And that's me saying that, Hey, Baltimore just lost JK Dobbins with an Achilles injury. Uh, Mark Andrews is missed last week with a quad injury. Ronnie Staley is a knee injury. I mean, it was a pirate victory or pyric victory against the, uh, the Houston Texans. And like you said, it was a herky jerky day on offense for Lamar Jackson. Now, part of that is that for the lack of preseason reps, maybe, but also like the Houston Texans look pretty good on defense and they moved around that offensive line for the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, D'Amico Ryans is a, is a good defensive coach and he's now the head coach of the Houston Texans. So is Lou, Lou Amarillo going to, take some concepts from what Houston did and apply that this week. I mean, I, I would hope so because 
if for some reason, like they let Zay Flowers get loose and we saw him be the dynamic playmaker that he was essentially out of Boston College, like it's going to be a long day at the office for the for the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Like is Joe Burrow in, you know, this offense going to rebound? Of course, like he's not going to play every game with 85 yards and Tyler Boyd getting like, what was it like 11 targets and like zero receptions and zero yards. I mean, there's just a bad day at the office at the office, but I just, I, I can't really back a team that only scored three points and they're laying three and a half considering the slow starts that Joe Burrow has historically had last year. And now you're looking at it this year too. And oh, by the way, Jay, didn't he just have a calf injury Cass, too? This I was training camp. That up. I was so bring that up. absolutely not. I'm I'm going I'm going with the with the Ravens here. I think this might be a big Zay Flowers day, in my opinion. I'm going the other way, bro. I'm taking the Bengals just because. Yeah, we're like you know, showdown all <laughs> every game today. <laughs> I I I have little to no respect for Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry, man. Like you quit on a team last year. I can't overlook that. Like I think. Very little of you as a competitor. And truthfully, to be real with you, I think I think Joe Burrow still hurt. I think what we saw out of him against the Cleveland Browns wasn't a fact of him, you know, being bad. It was him more not being ready, not not having those practice reps in training camp, not really feeling confident in his calf. I think another week goes by, he gets healthier. I think he'll be able to go out there and sling it. The weather will be better. Give me, give me the uh Cincinnati Bengals here. Now the one thing I want to ask you, Puma, is did you by any chance see anything special or different from that Baltimore Ravens offense? Because, you know, all offseason we heard about, you've got to let Lamar cook. You've got to go hire a new offensive coordinator. you got to throw the ball more. You're getting wide receivers. And now he has all of that. He has his OC. He has eight flyers. He has Odell Beckham Jr. They are more, in my opinion, they throw a little bit more than they run. But still, did you see anything different or anything, you know, extravagant out of that Ravens offense or the same old, same old. It looked more same old, same old, but part of me thinks it was just a combination of Houston getting after their ass on the offensive line. And then just, you know, lack of training camp reps with the starters. I mean, I think if, if we're going to see more of this by like week three, week four, I'm going to be like, what was the point of all this offseason like nonsense and turmoil about, Lamar needs to throw the ball more. Lamar needs to do this. Well, now you have like an offensive coordinator that wants to pass the football. So if we're at the quarter post of the season and it's still looking like week one against the Houston Texans, then yeah, I'm going to have have a lot of questions. But to answer your question in the short term, like just based off of the one week, it looked more or less the same. Cool, cool. All right. And then the final segment of the day the segment that is sweeping the nation, hashtag Puma bets. By the way, Puma, you you unfortunately made me lose a small fortune on <laughs> on Sunday. If it makes you know feel better, I lost a small <laughs> fortune. So, like, I'm actually betting these plays that I'm putting out there on Twitter. Uh, these aren't just like, oh, man, like yeah. keyboard fake, you know, Monopoly money here. No, well, I, I, well, I, I wagered I said... 150 bucks and luckily Ooh. kind of, uh, you know, cut the losses in half with like the Cowboys, you know, essentially covering and rolling against the Giants. So yeah, it was a bad day at the office, not just in the NFL, but in college football. And if a co- if you ever hear a coach say that they don't pay attention to the spread, just Lane go Kiffin. back. 
just go back and watch that Tulane Ole Miss game. And yeah. this is coming from someone that had Tulane plus seven and a half and Lane Kiffin from like 55 yards out in college football kicks the field goal to cover the spread. Yeah. Lane Kiffin knows what the point spread is, but that was last week, Jay. We're going to move on. We're going to put some positive vibes out there. And these are some plays that I'm on right now uh, as of recording on September 12th at 8.47 p.m. I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, what I have for the NFL and a little bit of what I got for college football. So let's, let's roll. So Thursday night football, Minnesota Vikings traveling to Lincoln Financial Field in the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings getting seven points on the road. And before y'all say, oh, well, we all know Kirk Cousins' uh, history in primetime. Well, since he's been on the Vikings, he's 8-8 eight and eight in primetime. So what up? He's 500. But here's the thing. The Vikings, they, they want to get the ball to Justin Jefferson. He looked pissed last week losing to Tampa Bay. And on the other side of the football, the Eagles might be down, not just like their starting corners, but like a de- some decent people on their defense are either questionable and or going to be ruled out on Thursday. So I think Kirk is going to be able to air the ball out and get Justin Jefferson, you know, in the happy zone and, and you know, be whatever, all copacetic down there in Minnesota. Do I think the Eagles will win this game? Probably. But I'm going to take the seven points I think Minnesota covers. If, for some reason, the point spread gets back to seven and a half, I would definitely jump on it for the the hook in case there's a backdoor cover. But right now, with the seven, we're getting at least a push if it ends on seven. Next, we hit on it earlier. I'm taking the under 40 in the Jets-Cowboys game for everything that we laid out. But in short, both these defenses are elite. We don't really know we're getting in the Dallas Cowboy offense. You know, this total cratered from 45 and a half to 40, but I still think this could be like a 17-7 game, 27-7. Like, it's going to be under 40. So give me the under 40 at minus 115 on DraftKings. And then, Jay, this one was puzzling for me. It's the New York Giants and the Arizona Cardinals. The New York Giants had just got pantsed on national television, are traveling across the country, playing in the 1 p.m. window against an Arizona Cardinals team that almost won the game against the Washington Commanders and, quite frankly, was headhunting their quarterback on almost every single play on the defensive side of the football. I mean, the offensive line for the Giants is atrocious. Andrew Thomas has a hamstring injury, and uh, and Neal on the other side of the line was a human turnstile last week. Rich Gannon, not Rich Gannon, but uh, Gannon, the head coach for the, uh, the the Arizona Cardinals, he's a defensive-minded coach. I think he's going to find ways to exploit that weakness on the defensive line. Do I think the Giants win? Sure. Do I think they're going to win by six points? Absolutely nope. not. No, nope. no, no way. Take Cardinals. Gannon is going to make is going to take Waller out of this game. Is going to make Daniel Jones beat him with somebody else. If, if it's not going to be Waller, he's just going to take out Saquon and say, "All right, DJ, throw the ball because we saw you couldn't throw it last week against the Dallas Cowboys." So I'm taking Cardinals plus the six. And then last one for the NFL is Cleveland. It's Monday Night Football. It's Cleveland going on the road to the field formerly known as Heinz Field. I don't know what the name is now, but. Uh, they're a two-point favorite against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm taking wow. Cleveland, and I'm laying the two points. I mean, Kenny Pickett looked brutal in, in that offense last week, and I understand it was the San Francisco 49ers, 
But, I mean, Miles Garrett is still on the other side of the field for the Cleveland Browns, and he looked pretty friggin' good against the uh, the, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. So this offensive line is uh, was a, a big problem against the, the 49ers. Kenny Pickett looked lost, and he might have had a head injury at one point that people are floating out there with the video. But on the other side of the football, Cam Hayward is going to be out with a, a knee injury. And then Deontay Johnson for the Steelers is going to be out with a hamstring injury. So – I mean, Deshaun Watson, he was kind of throwing the ball in a monsoon. So, like, it was a functional enough offense, and Nick Chubb was still running all over the place. Um, I have the bang, I have the, the Browns winning this game, rather. I'm going to lay the two points. And then for college football, we're going to go to the backyard brawl, Jay. We're going to go pit West Virginia. I don't like either side, but I'm going to take the over in this game, uh, over 50 and a half when I got it yesterday on DraftKings. Uh, both teams have gone over their totals uh, in the first two weeks of college football play this year. And in last year's backyard brawl, they went over this total. I think they smashed it. I think it was at 50. The game ended at like 69 or whatever. So I'm going to take the over in this game. I think we're going to see a lot of points. And then the last one for college football right now is a little SEC West matchup. We're going to go LSU traveling to Star uh, Sarkville, Mississippi, taking on Mississippi State. Uh, little little SEC matchup here. I'm going to take Mississippi State and the 10 points. Uh, the Mississippi State, ever since Mike Leach passed, uh, they kind of gotten away from the air raid offense. They went a little bit more pro style. Uh, they love to run the football here. And LSU is just brutal against the run. Um, so do I think LSU can win on the road? Yeah. Do I think they're going to win by 10? Nope, absolutely not. I'm taking the 10 points. Yeah, dude. Um. A little bit of a weird, uh, you know, week in college football. There's not many like great games. Like I was watching, mm-hmm. looking over the slate. I'm like, oh, it's all right. Now the week afterwards, like mm-hmm. you've got Ohio State, Notre Dame. You got Alabama, Ole Miss. You've got like Oregon, Colorado. There's so many loaded games in week four. But this week, uh, I'm not a big fan. The only, the only thing that I think um, wouldn't, uh, the only thing I don't agree on is the fact that, um, oh crap, I just lost my train of thought. Never mind. Completely lost my train of thought. We're good, man. <laughs> oh, okay. Sick. It's one of those days, brother. One of those days, you know. <laughs> it's fine. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> well, I just I just need for you to rebound with the Puma bets because last week I took your advice and I lost some money. So this week I'm gonna take your advice and hopefully I don't lose any money, okay? It's fine. Like I said, I'm betting this money too. So you lose, <laughs> I lose. I win, we win. But we're going to win. We're going to cash these tickets. Let's go. It's going to be a good awesome. weekend. Good day. Sick, sick. Oh, this is what I want to talk about. What the hell are the Steelers doing? Like, what the hell are the Steelers doing? I, I was I was shocked. I was befuddled. I was dumbstruck watching that game with you on Sunday. Watching the 49ers absolutely run roughshod over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, it's only one week one. I get it. Let's see what happens in week two. But the indication that the Browns are, what, a favorite, but favored by two points going into, into Pittsburgh tells you what Vegas and the wise guys and all the analytical folk in, in the football will think of that Pittsburgh Steelers game, like a Pittsburgh team. I thought in the offseason with Kenny Pickett looking phenomenal, perfect passer rating in the preseason, like I thought these guys were ready to take the next step. I thought Kenny Pickett was going to be the next you know, great young quarterback in the AFC. Nope. Was I wrong Frauds! on that? Frauds! Nope. Was I wrong on that? And they, have, and they have all the talent to be great. That's the messed up part about this is they have all the talent to be great. 
but unfortunately, I don't know what's happening. I really have no you know idea. how far, how long in the game you have to go to hit fast forward before they didn't do a, have a three and out? How long? The two-minute drill going into halftime. You want to know why? Because Matt Canada can't call the friggin' plays in to Kenny Pickett, and Kenny Pickett's just freelancing the whole time trying to get the ball down the field. Canada is a frig is a problem, and he's been a problem in Pittsburgh the last three years. But Mike Tomlin isn't going to do anything about it, and somehow he's still going to have a winning record this year. But all this hype around Kenny Pickett and 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 uh, and Pickens and and Deontay Johnson, and for some reason, some reason, people are still hyping up Najee Harris as like a lead running back of the NFL who, by the way, he's doing the best impersonation of Trent Richardson that I've ever seen recently. Yep. And yet, here we are. Here we are, Jay. They looked incompetent on the football field. The only thing that showed up was the defensive side of the football with JJ uh, uh, TJ Watt, rather. I think he got like three sacks and four, and like forced over like two fumbles. One of them was recovered by Brock Purdy's ass. Like, I mean, they were the only people that showed up. The offensive side of the football was atrocious. And it starts at Matt, Matt Canada. He's like the Joe Lombardi of the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. And I, I don't know what it's going to take, but Kenny Pickett, they weren't even rolling him out. He was like, he didn't even have enough time to run for his life. It was absolutely brutal. What we saw in preseason was fool's gold. Frauds. Call them frauds. Frauds. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. All right, brother. Well, that's all I got for, for this week. You want to plug it up and call it a day? Yeah. Yeah. I also feel better, by the way. I had to get that out. There we go. Steelers. Let it out. Let it all yeah. out. And it's, you know, better on tilt that took Steelers plus two and a half. Anywho, <laughs> this episode of the pod and previous episodes of the Pro Football Radio Podcast can't be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts at. YouTube, be sure to hit that little subscribe button, that like button as well, too. You'll be notified when the latest video is dropped. In the feed, Apple Podcasts, five star review, Google Podcasts, be sure to leave a five star review as well. Too social media wise, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, the Twitter machine at PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. Like, subscribe, download, hit us up on social media. Also, I'm still going to be putting up plays out if anything else pops off for college football or baseball or the NFL this weekend. Uh, just either type in hashtag Puma bets in the search feature on Twitter or, or X or whatever the hell it's called now. And it'll bring up everything that I put up there so far. See you guys next week. Via con Dios.